Welcome to the Walk and Talk series of Being Human Through Fitness and Nutrition. In this series, we're trading our microphones and bullet points for walking shoes and fresh air. Daily movement releases free happy chemicals and is great for your overall health. So we encourage you to walk with us. Let your mind run, take deep breaths, and maybe gain some knowledge or giggles from our wandering thoughts. Either way, we're glad you're here and are honored you chose to spend some time with us. We'll see you next week at our structured episode. But for now, let's move. What is up, guys? It's David here, coming to you with a little walk and talk today, talking about how you can put into action the concepts that we talked about during our Everybody is Made to Move slash Movement for Every Body full episode. Uh, and so I came, Julie and I talked about this uh, a little bit after we aired that episode about how it could have been a little less action oriented than we were hoping for it to be. And so I decided to do this little quick walk and talk. Uh, and I have a, a couple ideas for you in terms of how you can turn around and be a little bit more um, action oriented with some of the concepts we talked about. And this would be probably more specifically for someone who is looking or asking the question of, all oh, that's well and good, David, but how do I go about doing these things or what should I do first? And so we talked about a mission statement. We talked about uh, kind of understanding your why behind movement, which I think is still very valuable. Um, and that's going to still be the thing that I'm going to recommend you start with first. Uh, but once you've done that, you're good to start kind of getting your body moving. Um, and so how I would go about doing that, um, maybe the ordering, the, the hierarchy I would go through in doing that, um, would, I would start with once you've, so figured out your mission statement. Number two was establish daily minimums. Once you figured out that minimum, my recommendation would be working on how you can increase that minimum. So, uh, finding a way to increase your daily movement, Uh, And notice I didn't say exercise, I said daily movement. So this would be, can you find yourself walking a little bit more? If you are sitting at your desk, can you find yourself standing for a little bit before you go into the seated positions? Every uh, 30 minutes, every 60 minutes, can you stand up for two to three minutes and walk around, stretch your, you know, pull your knees up to your chest, uh, give yourself a big stretch, shoulders, low back, twists, rotation side to side. Uh, you know, after your meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, can you go for a five to 10 minute walk? Finding where you currently are and just expanding that a little bit would be my very first recommendation. Uh, Let's say that you are someone who is currently pretty sedentary. You are, you know, maybe up and walking your dog uh, on a daily basis, but that's kind of the main exercise or the main movement that you're getting in. Uh, Can you walk the dog another five minutes? Can you find a way, time to walk the dog in the evening as well as the morning? Could you uh, add a daily walk at your lunchtime? So you go, you eat your lunch and then you go out for a five or 10 minute walk uh, just to increase your daily movement and find yourself in uh, the act of moving more frequently. That's number one. Number two, um, this is going to be kind of a tag along or an add on. You could, you could use this in conjunction with number one, and that is to try to limit the amount of time that you're in any one specific position. Now, this is going to be really hard for anybody who is uh, driving for long periods of time. And you guys know that if you've been somebody who, who's driven, let's call it an eight hour, 10 hour, 16 hour road trip, you're spending long periods of time sit, sitting in one position. But even with that, 
the, the limitations or the, the confinements on where your body is capable of moving as you're in a seat. Can you move from side to side? Can you bring your shoulders in front of your hips? Can you bend your knees a little bit more? Can you find ways for your body to not just stay rigidly in one position? More often than not, uh, if you think about it from a standpoint of uh, the body likes to move, especially the, the, the connective tissue, the muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, the bones move, respond really well to movement. Uh, and the more often that we are sedentary or um, isolated, the more likely atrophy is to occur. Now, this probably won't happen on a daily basis, but if you've ever broken something and they put you in a cast, imagine what that looks like, you know, however many months later when they cut the cast off, the side that was broken compared to the side that wasn't broken. And typically there's a decent amount of atrophy. And more often than not, that comes about because of the um, lack of movement or the the holding whatever that you know let's call it your your wrist was broken or your arm was broken and it was a cast that crossed your elbow keeping that elbow still um, will cause atrophying of the muscles and then also you probably know that there's some physical therapy associated with that if you've been in that situation to kind of expand those ranges of motion at the elbow back to normal amounts uh, and so if we my my rough rule of thumb is trying to spend less than I would call it 15 to 20 minutes in any one position throughout the course of the day. Some of you that will be pretty easy to do. Some of you that will be pretty challenging to do. But if you can find a way to either, you know, set a reminder on your phone or, you know, there's these little sand timers on Amazon that you can get that will be at 5 minute, 10 minute, 15 minute increments. Turn one of those over and once you see the sand is ran run out or your timer bumps on your phone or your, your reminder hits and you hit a... Uh, uh, your, your reminder on your phone reminds you that it's time to, to, to move from one position to another. You can uh, reposition yourself. And that could be if you have a standing desk going from seated to standing. That could be if you are, again, maybe sitting at a chair and you're on a, on a, on a work call. You, you know, if you cross your right leg over your left, cross your left leg over your right. Or pull your heel towards your butt while you're sitting on the chair. A lot of times we don't sit like this in the way that children sit. But I think that those are some of the best ways that we can for long periods of time. If you're sitting on your, like a seiza position, which would be traditional, like a tea ceremony, Japanese tea ceremony position. Uh, if you can sit down on the floor like that, if you can uh, get up and move around. Again, I mentioned the walking. It could be getting up and walking, and that would be your, your posture break. But if you can take these posture breaks and try not to spend anything... Uh, spend more than 15 to 20 minutes in any one position. That's a great way to start introducing movement into your daily routine. Uh, now I'm going to start talking a little bit about exercise. When it comes to minimums on exercise, I think there's value psychologically in setting these. Um, but really I want you to, my, my preference, my philosophy when it comes to movement is, is trying to look at less of like I've exercised, check now I can be uh, still for the rest of the day, but more like this is just something that we're going to add into those two um, previous thoughts of uh, increasing your daily movement and then the movement breaks slash posture breaks throughout the day. So getting something in the realm of two to five, maybe three to five uh, days of the week where you're being a little bit more targeted with your um, the characteristics of movement you're trying to change. So in concept four, we talked about the 10 general physical skills, cardiorespiratory endurance, strength, uh, stamina, flexibility, power, speed, coordination, accuracy, agility, and balance. And I would say that ideally we're doing multiple of these, but really just even just picking one of them and starting to three to five days a week, trying to improve uh, and apply 
this concept of, of progression. So starting where you are, which should be in a position that, that is, you, you feel muscle strain, but we don't feel pain, uh, like no joint pain. There shouldn't be, um, you know, shouldn't be like, uh, uh, it shouldn't be painful. It should hurt, like the muscle strain. And this is the hard part of, of me talking to you about it is this is a lot easier to find in, in person. But if you're moving and you feel a stretch on the muscles, perfect. If you're moving and you feel pinching in the joint or you feel like a sharp uh, puncturing pain, that's probably not what we're looking for. But trying to figure out where you are, regressing to the point that you are, and then finding a way to progress from where you are to where you'd like to be or to a little bit of an improved position. And... Uh, that can be in any of these character characteristics. Um, more often than not, I think that, um, and this is going to be my last one, actually, my, my, my fourth step, if you will, um, which is to focus on range of motion of joints. So that could be flexibility for you, but that could also be you're focusing on strength through full range of motion. So your knee going from completely straight to as bent as it possibly can be, like the most bent would be you're putting your butt on top of your heels. Um, that could be in a flexibility routine. That could be yoga. That could be, uh, like the, the, um, the, the movement practice routine that, that Julie and I talked about that I've been doing, uh, just finding yourself in those resting postures. That could be squatting. That could be, uh, if you're going to a regular gym and doing hamstring curls, you're trying to increase your range of motion before you increase your strength. Uh, I think that's a valuable skill and tool to, to, um, work to progress, uh, just for the sake of aging gracefully. Um, but you could also make arguments for the ag- agility and, uh, strength for that same category, uh, especially when it comes to slips, trips, and falls. More often than not, being unable to move your foot quick enough and have the strength to catch yourself once you've you know, dropped the one or two inches is what leads to falls over long term. So if we can keep those physical traits, physical characteristics strong and um, accessible throughout our life, the more likely we are to not find ourselves in those positions that we are uh, at risk of a slip, trip, or fall that's going to potentially lead to even worse health characteristics. Um, Specifically, my recommendation for increasing range of motion would be ankles, knees, hips, and shoulders. Um, The reason why I pick those, your ankles, knees, and hips typically are what are going to be the things that you're using on a daily basis. So (laughs) almost everybody, unless again, you're not you're not uh, uh, someone who walks very frequently. And even if you are somebody who walks just a little bit, um, having some strength and some range of motion at your knees, hips, and ankles will be required for daily activities. I think that learning how to uh, squat and hinge, as I mentioned in our um, concept, uh, the concept four, where you're looking at your physical movements that, that all, or the, the characteristics of physical movements, um, hinging or bending over and squatting well are two things that are um, inherent patterns we see babies doing, we see old people doing, but we just typically stop doing them and don't do them very well. Those are, those are characteristics that I think would be beneficial to, to, to work on from the lower body perspective. And at the same time, they're the things that are going to be required of you from a, a natural perspective of living life. Um, and then at the, the shoulders, this is something that typically I find people who have frozen shoulder syndrome or 
uh, end up with a rotator cuff tear. They don't have as much range of motion at the shoulders as they used to, and they tried to do something that they used to be able to do, and that leads to a you know, a rotator cuff tear or a separation or a you know, frozen shoulder where they can't raise their hand up above their shoulders. More often than not, it's one of those if we don't use it, we lose it type of a situations when it comes to strength and range of motion, very similar to the cast analogy I used earlier. And so the more often that we can find ourselves in those positions, the less likely we are uh, to experience those types of losses that would, um, in the grand scheme of things, lead to a surgery or lead to a, a debilitating injury, which is something that we probably want to avoid if we can at all costs. Um, right on, guys. Well, that's my, my, my four ideas of how to implement uh, the concepts in the uh, Movement for Everybody podcast. Hopefully this was helpful. If you have any questions for me, please uh, reach out to being human, fitness and nutrition uh, at gmail.com and or um, through one of our social media accounts, which Julie is much better at remembering and talking about than I am. Uh, But I appreciate you guys. Hope you had a wonderful walk today. Uh, The sun was beautiful and shining on me, so I got a little vitamin D. Hopefully you did as well. If you were in in the, uh, the, 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 the shade or if you were in the clouded areas, uh, I hope that it was still nice and you didn't get too sprinkled on. All right, have a good one, guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this Walk and Talk adventure. If you enjoy this series as well as our other episodes, please feel free to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let us know what you think by shooting us an email at beinghumanfitnessandnutrition at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at being human underscore fitness and nutrition music brought to you by music unlimited from pick a bay.